Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. We're here for the week one, one last thing episode with my co-host Slava Cooperstein. Slava, how you doing? Uh, aside from uh, all the injuries that we're going to be talking about today, I'm pretty well. Okay, I, I feel the same way. And you know, there's something cathartic about going through the process of analyzing the game afterwards, which takes me off the ledge with regard to the screaming and profanity that comes with with the injuries as they occur. The oh no, you know this is this is awful. Um, but going through the game, obviously the Ravens had a fairly dominant win. Uh, didn't do everything right, and they still won very handily. Um, and and obviously with the injuries, uh, all of them are concerns, but we're going to talk about each of them in terms of how the Ravens are going to address them, you know, what options they really have. And, uh, you know, probably as you go through this, you'll get a sense of, of just how uh, serious each of these is, uh, you know, from our own perspectives. At least I hope that's something we can uh, we can get to as we as we move along. Who would you like to start with in the group? We can, uh, we can go ahead and start with uh, Dobbins. Um, you know, it's sort of a black and white kind of kind of thing. We know he's done for the season. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a good place to start as any. Uh, so, so with, with Dobbins, you know, obviously, I mean, to me, it's just, it's, it's the most heartbreaking of these injuries, not just in terms of the severity of it, but just the context, you know, he, he, he just got over his, his knee injury, um, you know, and, uh, you know, this obviously puts his, uh, future career in doubt. I wouldn't bet against Dobbins. I think he's extremely motivated and uh, mentally tough, and I hope he does find his way in this league. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, it's a huge loss. He looked really good, I thought, um, and was he was really primarily being used as that workhorse back in the first game. And you can only draw so many conclusions from one game, but um, obviously they were counting on him to be a big part of the offense throughout the season. Yeah, I, I and I think more than even his rushing effectiveness, which was not particularly great in this game, to be honest, it, it was the fact that he was being used in the passing game and had three targets uh, that, that made you think he would be a bigger part of the offense this year. I have some significant concerns about the Ravens' ability to run out of 11 personnel after that first game. Uh, and, and in fact, their ability to run at all uh, towards the end of the game and close it out was a big problem. And Dobbins wasn't a, a, a large portion of that based on when he got hurt, obviously. But uh, in fact, he was hurt really before the last 20 minutes when they didn't have a rushing first down. But uh, Linderbaum, sorry, uh, uh, Dobbins uh, um, you know, ran well close to the goal line, got the got the touchdown that was, that was nice. He, had, he was involved in the passing game. Um, I'm more concerned about that injury in terms of the options the Ravens have to replace him, which don't look nearly as good as they do say at center or safety where the Ravens have good players as backups. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, you know, Dobbins, I think, I think his 
most I, I think one of the reasons he was able to remain so effective last year even though he really wasn't um back to full health you could tell uh he just has incredible vision he just knows exactly when to hit the hole how to follow his blocks and he you know even when he's not you know at full health it, it always seems so when he cuts back he has his you know he has his um defenders on skates a little bit um so you know, he, he, he just has great vision and understands, I think, the leverage really well. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, I, I, I mean, I can say um, that uh, Justice Hill um, ran in, you know, two touchdowns and, and looked good doing it. He, he was pretty, um, uh, pretty determined and showed some good balance there. Um, and I, I, I think, you know, most of us would agree that Justice Hill looks better. Like he, he, he has continued to improve. Um, I think when maybe some folks had sort of given up on um, him as a prospect. And, and so, you know, I don't, I don't think that we're in nearly as bad a position as we were, um, you know, a couple of years ago when uh, both Dobbins and Gus went down. Um, but uh, you still hate to see it. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think it, they will see, unfortunately, the Ravens return to bringing in an older back. And they have some options here because Melvin Gordon is is on the practice squad. He's ready to go, and I'm sure he's going to be up for this week because it's now, you know, we're recording this on Wednesday at about noon. It's really too late for them to get a back in to, to play this week probably. Uh, so it's going to be Melvin Gordon seeing, I would think, a pretty significant number of snaps. I would think he'll see, um, you know, at least half a dozen probably uh, this week. Not 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 snaps. I, I would say carries you know, in the, right. in the, in the neighborhood of half a dozen, you probably will see 15 snaps uh, in terms of his time on the field. I think they try and uh, divide those out uh, Hill for, you know, some of the good things that he did around the goal line was not a particularly impressive runner in this game. He was in the preseason, but, uh, but had problems in this game. I think it was eight carries for nine yards. So uh, he got betrayed by his offensive line on one of the late uh, plays and taken down for a loss of four. So That was a big part of it. But it wasn't the whole answer of why he had, you know, somewhat limited effectiveness in this game. Uh, Mitchell comes back in at the earliest now in week five, and maybe they, you know, jumped to get Mitchell to IR because they had a generalized roster crunch and wanted to get a couple more players on. Um, I do think there's a certain wisdom in, you know, allowing a deferral of some replacements on the roster. And I really like it in this particular case, it actually may have cost the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you have to, you have to make your decisions based on the information that you have at the time. And uh, that's exactly what the Ravens did. I mean, we're all looking forward to Mitchell's return. Um, I, you know, I actually thought Melvin Gordon looked better than I was expecting him to um, in preseason. I thought he was pretty good at, you know, sneaking out to, um, uh, you know, as a p- possible outlet receiver um, on, on some plays. And I think that, you know, uh, I, I don't remember, you know, him leaving a particularly good or bad impression on me in pass protection. Uh, did you have an opinion on that? Um, for, for Dobbins, you're saying, I don't think he's ever been a particularly great pass blocker. No, I meant, uh, sorry, I meant for, um, for Hill. Uh, no, not Hill, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. Um, no, I didn't think he was particularly good at pass blocking. And that's just a, that's an instant uh, uh, thought of it that he said he had some problems in this preseason. But uh, I don't I don't know if he is really known for that in his career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I remember. I looked at his PFF grades for every year of his career. And if, if I have it correct, I'm going to look it up right now because it's – no, I'm not. 
because I don't have it up right now in my, in my sure. thing. But but uh, he, he had actually gotten worse every year as a pass blocker in like an eight or nine year career, which is really hard to do, by the way. Yeah, so that's not good. That's just, so it's a very bad trend. Uh, Hill is the guy they trusted on third down to do sure. a little bit of pass blocking and and uh, hopefully, I you know I would not rule out the Ravens looking through the R one discard pile, and you know I mean rookie status or sure. year one who's not played a year. And I I know you know this Lava, but I I got to explain to the people who are listening too. So, um, you know they they've had very good success looking through that pile um, in in the past and finding people who could provide them some value, and I think they could do it again. Um, now that they have some of their bandwidth back to look at specific positions with the preseason over. I honestly don't believe any team has the bandwidth to look through every other team's 90 as the preseason is going on. But I think when you have a specific need, then you can go back and look at the preseason games for all 32 teams and see who, you know, looked like somebody you could, uh, you you could uh, take off somebody else's practice squad. Yeah, I, if I had to guess, I, I mean, Harbaugh is going to say Melvin Gordon's a veteran, and 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 you know, if if we need some relief in a couple of snaps, he'll be the one we go to. But uh, you know, I don't think that he will give him a particularly long re- leash um, before you know maybe going to the Owen Wright well uh, or or something like that. It is a short waiting period for Mitchell, so he's got to get through. You know, Gordon's got to get through probably eighteen carries. Uh, without fumbling, which yeah. is not a guarantee. <laughs> but no, it certainly isn't. The, but that is basically about what we're talking about. You know, an unknown thing, of an unknown, I won't call it unknown, but a, a a negative projection from the Dobbins injury, which the Dobbins injury is horrible for him personally. And I really feel for the guy who's lost, he might've lost $15 million in career earnings from the injury. If, if you just have to look at it and, and yeah. you know, it's just, it easily could be half his career earnings lost due, due to this injury. So it's, it's very serious, but the Ravens are also probably going to lose a compensatory pick because of it. Cause Dobbins will probably move on. I would assume uh, the Ravens actually probably do have a chance to resign him now, uh, given I think he's going to be not high on people's free agent list coming, coming out of this season. Uh, the Ravens do have a chance to resign him on a one year deal again uh, for, for next year. But uh uh, you know, he's a guy who, who unfortunately has, uh, you know, lost any possibility of generating a compensatory pick for the Ravens. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, Dobbins, um, the, the chances of Dobbins resigning with the Ravens, I think have probably increased, a, a good amount. Um, it's just a shame that it's under such unfortunate circumstances and wherever he goes, you know, you hope, you hope the best for him and, uh, you know, swift recovery. Yeah, ab- absolutely. We I, we don't want to be callous about this. You know, we thought about generalize or relativizing these injuries. We're trying not to do that. Uh, they're all severe. They're all very severe for the individual players, their professional lives. You think about, you know, anybody in any profession and the kind of setbacks you've had professionally due to taking the wrong job or being the wrong fit with your boss or whatever it might be. Most of most of us who, who work at a desk job don't have, the, you know, the same considerations for injury that have occurred but some right. people have had health problems that have come up and derailed their career at various problems and we you know we just you need to treat these players as not APA cards and you know human beings who've, who've had difficult injuries they go through and it, it's it's terrible for us but we're generally selfish about the uh, 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 terrible for them sorry but we're also generally selfish about the position we take relative to their contributions to our favorite team yeah, no, it's uh, uh you know, it's just, and and just with Dobbins, it's just gut wrenching, you know, with yeah. the, so yeah, 
not not a whole lot more to say. I think that um, you know, I think this, you know, we will. I, I think we'll learn a lot more about what it means to the team in the you know next week or two. I think I think you know losing him in the middle of a game and and uh, you know not necessarily having you know adjusting on the fly is a little bit different than you know going into next week with uh, Gus and or um, uh, Justice Hill you know ready to start. Before we move on, I did want to talk about one other potential replacement, and this came up during the um, uh, offensive pod. And I forgot to forgot to mention this, but uh, there is the possibility we could see Devin Duvernay in a larger role. Now, Duvernay only played seven snaps against Cincinnati, uh, sorry, against uh, against Houston, but last year against Cincinnati in Week Five, he dominated that game. His versatility, moving him around, it wasn't a, a ton of yards, but. Uh, you know, he, he had touches as a running back. He had touches as a, uh, you know, in jet motion. He had some some uh, receptions in that game, which was one of his better ones. Might have been eight for 54 or something sure. he had. But it was, a, it was a very solid game, and he helped them win that game uh, in Baltimore. Uh, I would love to see him incorporated more in the offense, and I actually think it's already part of the plan. I think they basically kept what they could do with Duvernay under wraps against the Texans and didn't have him on the field and gave a lot of those plays to flowers. And I think against, against Cincinnati, they're going to try and and get over the top with flowers and do less of the gadgetry will go through him. Right. So more jet motion to players like Duvernay. And I think it is an opportunity to get him in the backfield. If, if you want to had some in college, he did of that type. And I would love to see that if, if in terms of potential solutions. Yeah. And, and just overall, I'd like to see more of our players be involved in the game plan anyways. You know, I think it, it makes things a little less, um, predictable. And I understand it's week one. It's an inferior opponent that we were going against. So um, I, I don't have any problem with how they implemented their game plan, but hopefully we see something um, different and get Duvernay involved. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we certainly hope that there's more of this, whatever origami to unfold that, that that's going to be more, that's kind of going the wrong direction, right? Origami is folding. You don't unfold right. it. You're, you're messing it up. Whatever. Uh, Tyler Lindebaum. Let's move on and talk a little bit about him. Uh, I, I'll start on him. I say, that, sure. first of all, he's the best Ravens lineman in Week One, which is which is good to see. By the way, that that Tyler is really taking a step forward. Had it, still, we don't know where he is as a pass blocker. He in, in limited pass blocking snaps in this game, where the Ravens you know, didn't really throw the ball all that much, and he did have a couple pass blocking charges. But on the other hand, it, it was a a quarter of a sack and half a pressure. Um, the Texans were very. Um, attacking aggressive uh, in terms of how they sent their pass rush. And I think Linderbaum was one of the guys who held up pretty well to it um, and lots of mobility shown six level two blocks in this game. So uh, another kind of a gut wrencher to see him. And it initially looked like he was grabbing for his knee, which I guess is what you do with a high ankle sprain. It's really yeah. more of a, a, a closer to the knee injury. Uh, but I, I still am hopeful that his injury is the least severe of the group in terms of the amount of time he's going to have to miss. Yeah. I, you know, I, 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 I'm this, it sort of looked, seems to me like this was sort of like a master, like a display of uh, uh, DaCosta's masterclass in building depth. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, it just so happens that like, you know, you have four starters go down and they're all, um, you know, places where we positions where we had a, a pretty solid plan to replace them. I mean, right. Like, you, you know, left tackle, 
obviously, yep. <laughs> you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, there, there aren't that you could probably count the number of uh, teams that have a solid left tackle backup on one hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, you, you do the best that you can. Um, but, you know, it was sort of very pre- prescient, I guess, to bring in um, Mustafa for, for two reasons, right? N- number one, you get a center backup, but number two, that also frees up, um, McCary to back up anywhere else in case you have the horrible scenario, which we <laughs> encountered, which was uh, two linemen went down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, we have two backups that we're, you know, relatively all right with. We're not, you know, expecting fall off the table sort of performance. I mean, you know, my God, if you, if we had to put Falele or Sala out there uh, at left tackle, because, you know, McCary is the only one who can snap a ball. Um, but luckily that's not the case. Yeah. Well, neither of them is, is in the immediate plans. I don't think to be on the field. I think both of them are still remain developmental linemen. Uh, Falele needs to turn the corner. He needs to get a chance at some point to play and he needs to prove himself because the clock is ticking on him. Salah's got time. Salah, this is his rookie year. He's on the honeymoon period. He has time to get bigger and stronger in the weight room and hopefully learn a lot of technique this year. Um, but uh, with Fala Lilly, he's got to be closer to getting it. But getting back to Mustafer, uh, he was arguably the Ravens' best lineman in the preseason other than John Simpson. John Simpson right. was terrific. Mustafer uh, got a lot of the snaps against the best the opponents had to offer because he played most of the early part of games. So Tampa Bay, he faced Vita Vea. He faced the, the uh, Philadelphia monsters that were in there, the young guys who were, who were still playing like Jordan Elliott. So he, he got plenty of playing time against – good competition in this preseason. And I honestly think um, the drop-off in play from Linderbaum to Mustafer will be the least of the four positions. That Mustafer uh, really provides something useful. Uh, he's, he's an enormous uh, human being. He's about 330 pounds. And he looks like a much better player than what he was with the Bears. That he's, he's really taken a step forward. And I think this could be another big developmental move for the Ravens. Thank goodness, from a roster perspective, they didn't lose him when they cut him. So they had some sort of handshake deal. I, you know, made no secret on this show that I don't understand his whole designation as a fourth-year player. Um, uh, it, I think he should, meaning I think he should have been a fourth-year player and gone through the waiver process. But there's something I don't understand about the rules because right. he was a, he was a, you know designated as a vet, re-signed with the Ravens, and thank goodness because if he'd have gone through the waiver process, he might have been claimed. And uh, it really, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, you know, immediately the the Ravens need him, obviously, and uh, uh, you know, between the 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 length of the injury and you know the quality of play, I think the drop off is going to be the least in aggregate of uh, of any of these four. Yeah, I think certainly at this point in Linderbaum's career, you know, he's still you know learning and growing and developing, and uh, and and Mustfer's a larger guy, and uh, you know, I think he's going to be. Um, uh, I think you know the Ravens uh, it would it would behoove them to t- try to use Mustafer's size to their advantage a little bit um, while uh, while he's while he's out there to 
push some folks around and, um, and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, the only thing we all have our, you know, PTSD with, um, you know, errant snaps and whatever, but most of her looked good in that respect. So I, I don't expect, um, too much of a problem. I think the biggest loss is just, you know, Linderbaum getting those reps in particularly in a, um, divisional game. And we have many divisional games Mm -hmm. coming up. Um, so it's, it's, you know, good to get him out there for that, uh, for his own development. But as far as I agree with you, I think, I think this is the least significant in terms of on field performance difference. All right, let's move on. Uh, talk about uh, Williams. Obviously, Marcus Williams hurt last year, was having a tremendous per-snap productivity year. But what are your thoughts on that injury? So this is the injury that worries me the most for this upcoming week, um, just because I don't feel like um, the uh, you know front seven, the front seven of the Bengals doesn't scare me all that much. I mean, I, I think, uh, uh, what's his name? Um uh, not Hutchinson, um, Hendrickson, Hendrickson. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's, he's a pretty good, uh, pass rusher, but, um, but beyond that, you know, they don't, I mean, I'd be a lot more worried if we were facing the Browns this week in terms of, you know, Zadarius Smith and, and, um, Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett. Yeah. I don't know. Just I'm blanking. Um, but you know, uh, so obviously with the Bengals, their two biggest weapons, uh, you know, at the receiver position with uh, Chase and Higgins, I think that's what you really worry about. And I think, you know, losing Williams in that situation, I, it's not that Geno Stone isn't a very capable backup. He played extremely well last year in relief, uh, very admirably. I think he's a smart player. I think, you know, we still have two guys that basically can play free safety. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is which is pretty unheard of. Um, it just limits, you know, the flexibility of, of what we can do on the back end. Um, uh particularly with Hamilton. So, um, so you know, that's, that, that's a real shame. I, I, I'm, I'm bothered with that. I'm bothered about that. Obviously Uh, Hamilton will, I think remain the strong safety and, and Geno Stone will be the, be the guy we see most often in single high. And I could be wrong about that, by the way, it wouldn't, it wouldn't absolutely shock me if they tried something different, put Hamilton as a single high guy had stone roaming around the line of scrimmage this week. They also made an interesting move yesterday. They they picked up Duran Harmon for their practice squad, and I'll tell you, Harmon has been one hell of a football player in a ten year career, and he's he's approaching thirty three. I think he'll be thirty three in January. His play has not dropped off that much. Uh, he's been around the league of, uh, at a couple different teams, but a fair amount of time with with Las Vegas, uh, with the Raiders. I'll I'll, I'll say because he's been in the league a long time. Uh, but he's he's a guy who. Uh, Big headline stats are 12 touchdowns allowed and 27 interceptions in a 10-year career. And it's his it uh, opponent passer rating, I believe, is under 80 for his career uh, per PFF, if you if you look at that. And that's what that would come down to when, when I say per PFF is they assign targets more to underneath um, players. So they may assign be more likely to assign a reception to a linebacker but it's when it's between level two and three. So anyway, that's the only that's the only uh, qualm I would have with that. But Deron Harmon has been a terrific player, and uh, he's he's a guy who probably can jump in and play free safety. And I would think that they would activate him um, fairly soon. Worley was already up for a practice squad; he's already been activated to the fifty-three. So they'll have him this week. It'll be a question of Harmon probably learning the defense this week and being activated. I would think to the fifty-three next week. Uh, he might even be a practice squad. Um, 
addition to the to our uh, elevation this week. So uh, I, I think that Worley actually still will retain his position as the number four corner, uh, sorry, safety, if I had to guess. And he did get a couple snaps as the Ravens played 32 dime uh, this last week at the end of the half. So uh, it, it was, while I, I the Williams injury has tremendous long run implications for the Ravens in terms of you know losing uh, one of their truly best defensive players, it's also the place where they have high level backups. I, I completely agree. Um, I, uh, I I more so lament the um, the the decrease in flexibility for how they deploy some of those players than the overall drop off in talent. Um, I did um, to your point about um, uh, to your point about whether Hamilton would be playing deep or not. I was reading a PFF article uh, that talked about this that um, after. Um, Marcus Williams was um, uh, injured and gone in the second half. Uh, Hamilton played uh, actually the majority. Um, uh, the majority of his, yeah, he played deep on twenty-seven snaps compared to three in the slot and eleven in the box. So, very possible. Okay, so a lot of that's going to be how much cover two did the Ravens play during that period too. So if they had two deep safeties, it's not saying he took the free safety position sure. away from somebody else in single high. So the real question is who plays it in single high? Right. And and I think there there definitely could be some value to to having Hamilton be the guy. I also think you, you take away opportunity for Hamilton to make plays when you put him in a single high role. So yeah, sure, sure his range could could be could be fantastic. Could really help you on the back end. And, and especially versus their set of receivers, but then he's not a robber and he's not a pass rusher and he's not all the other things he can be for you as a looming presence underneath and a good tackler um, that he, that he can be at free safety. So uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm torn as to where they use him, but I do think they have a pretty good player in stone to, to play the back end. Yeah, no, I think, I think we are very lucky with the depth we have at the safety position. Let's move on to you know what might be the biggest, and but but in any case, has been an ongoing a problem, and that's Ronnie Stanley. Uh, how how do you, I mean just starting with this? How do you look at this injury in terms of the likelihood that it may trigger the Ravens to start their search for their new left tackle? I think they've already started their search for a left tackle. They just you know haven't prioritized it at the you know they haven't come across you know, a player at, um, you know, very, you know, early rounds um, that they're willing to go on. I think they're taking flyers on guys who are size and shape fits. Um, I think they know that Stanley's time is short, whether it's, you know, whether he's gone in two years, three years, four years. Um, um, I think, I think they, you know, are, are actively planning for life after Stanley. Um, so, you know, I, I, but I do think, you know, he had quite a quite a good year last year. Um, you know, wasn't a hundred percent, but you know that leads me to believe that this, you know, isn't sort of like a compensation type of it. You know, people people start theorizing about like what you know the source of certain injuries might be. Um, I you know I, I I tend to believe that this was just sort of an unfortunate um, injury that doesn't really have anything to do with you know, how he's rehabbed or, or anything like that. And I'm, and I'm hoping that that's the case. Yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I, I wouldn't put anything like that. And I also, I, I find it a little distasteful 
to to I, I I hear occasionally people talk about I think it's a pain management issue. I mean, how on earth would anyone know that? We we don't know what Ronnie's situation is, and, and if he if he can't be on the field because something is not right, I trust him to to make that judgment correctly for himself. And uh, you know, hopefully that aligns with the team's needs. But if it doesn't, you know, that's just the that's just the way life works for us as fans. And so we understand that's the case, but. Um, I will say this just from a practical standpoint, when he returns this year, I think he's going to be playing for his job. I think basically he's 2024 is an $8.3 million contract out. There's 8.3 million in, in cap savings. It's the first chance the Ravens have had to cut him with a, with a plus number in that column. Right. Um, and they could defer, you know, they can double that, that uh, amount. It's like 17 million and 17 point something million if they cut him post June one, which would, you know, accelerate the amount of can kicking the Ravens are doing to, to push that money into 2025, but they have a lot of problems in 2024 with cap already. Right. Um, that, that might cause them to do that. The barrier to this though, is just the Ravens have an enormous amount of draft capital or something is going to be spent finding a left tackle, and they really don't have the cap to do it. They don't have the cap to go out and sign an Orlando Brown, say, yeah, to a, to a multi year deal. Um, so, so they don't. You know, if if you're talking about having to do it with draft capital, their total draft capital for next year, if they have this kind of season that we still hope they'll have, will not be enough to get a good left tackle. If they trade all their draft picks and and, right. and and try to move up, it won't be enough to get like a top seven or eight pick and really get one of the top tackles in the draft. So they're going to have to get a little lucky with. A, a player who falls a little bit more, isn't exactly thought of as being the position. And Coleccio Semele was a guy who kind of met that. Being, so maybe they get a pick like that in the second round. Um, and, and he's a player and, and that would a comp to Semele that would be kind of good for that. Or, or maybe they have to go the developmental route yet again if they can't get any positive sign from Fa'alele in 2023. Because you know Fa'alele has to develop at some point. I'm actually completely disabused of any notion that he's he's going to be able to play left tackle in the NFL. I originally thought, by the way, mistakenly, that he had good enough feet, good enough mirror, and whatnot to do that. But he's not he's not there, and and I I honestly don't believe he'll ever get there. Um, but most of his problems, you know, his problems in terms of developing developing into useful linemen are more about his own um, lack of aggressiveness with his hands more than more than his feet. So. Maybe there's a chance, you know, that he that he takes a step forward and can be a guy who can help you. Uh, but if they if if he's not it, then it's somebody that's not in the organization currently. Whether that means a draft pick or a or a free agent. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I all all I can say is I hope that you know Stan, Stanley's injury. I think they just called it a knee sprain, right? I uh, th- I think so. So it's not yeah. an ankle injury, supposedly. It's and like a sprained knee is not a serious injury for an offensive lineman, but yeah, it's yeah. I'm well, I mean, but you know, context being what it is, you would hate for it to be anything with his ankle, um, with, with, with that ankle that's been through so much. And, um, you know, those tend to, as far as, you know, just anecdotally seem to not linger quite as long or take quite as long as the, um, as the, uh, high ankle sprains. So hopefully he's, uh, he's out there kind of soon enough and, and allays any concerns, um, that, uh, you know, he's having uh, trouble staying healthy or trouble, you know, being even, you know, if he was, if he could give us 80% of the player that he has been historically, I think that's a runaway. Yes. Keep him on the team. 
uh, for next year. Cause I just, I don't see any realistic prospects given where the Ravens are for all the reasons that you said, cap space, draft capital, all those things. I mean, they just don't seem to add up to us being able to get anybody unless we just luck out in the draft and, you know, hasn't happened so far. Right. We've taken a couple flyers out on guys and it just hasn't worked out. Yeah, that's true. And they've, they've, it certainly worked out at every other offensive line position for the Ravens over the years. They've gotten left guards, centers, right guards, and right tackles as needed and developed them uh, from, from basically mid to low round draft picks and done very well with that, but they, they haven't, they haven't made it work at left tackle yet. A couple, a couple of free agent disasters. I mean, Eugene Monroe, that was a bust, right? So Villanueva. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we didn't even want to think about it. Did I, you, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I think you know your brain protects you from certain <laughs> things, you know, and just and just forces you to black it out. My God, that was—I yeah. mean, you know—I think I think he might have still been on Steelers payroll. Um, yeah, I I will say um, that Monroe I didn't think was the worst worst deal, even it worked out. It didn't it didn't end up working out certainly, but it wasn't a lot to give up to try and solve your left tackle problem, and it did for about a year. And then it didn't. Right. <laughs> so, so it's one of those, those places. Like, I mean, they, but they tried with Michael Orr. They, they tried all kinds of people who were on the margin of being a left tackle yeah. in the NFL and weren't really good enough. And, and, uh, and Adam Terry, you know, mm-hmm. you want to go back to him. They, they traded up to get him. Uh, just, it's, uh, it's ugly. Oh boy. Yeah. It's, it's tough when you don't have a top, you know, top five, top 10 pick. Yeah, the, the the time I got most upset during the draft. Okay, no, it's the second most because everybody knows the the time I got most upset was when was it? <laughs> oh, okay, you don't know. You've got, you, you've got you've got a few. <laughs> uh, I've, I've I've had a few, but it's the Derwin James pick yeah. is is the one that upset me the most. But if you go back, we had a party at our house for the 2007 draft, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, the 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 Ravens are up at number 29. Yes, right, number 29. And the San Francisco 49ers traded up to 28 ahead of the Ravens and drafted Joe Staley, who was the guy I really wanted. And, and of course, he had a great career at left tackle. And what it yeah. would have been a great answer for the Ravens for, for all those years. And the, and the Ravens got Ben Grubbs. Not a bad player, no. but, but a player who, you know, was a five-year uh, graduation from the Ravens went yeah. on to play for the Saints and, and, you know, had his best years with the Ravens, honestly. But, but anyway, the, the, the point I wanted, wanted to make about the party we had is that I absolutely flew off the handle when that occurred and Staley got taken. <laughs> it's like, that was, that was pretty much the end of that. But uh, I apologize to the folks who were there <laughs> in terms of what happened there, but I was very upset. Boy, that would have been, yeah, that would have been incredible uh, if, if we had gotten Staley. Uh, but you know, uh, Ozzy, Ozzy said in an interview that it, Grubbs was the draft pick that he regretted most not being able to resign at, at some point. I mean, I don't remember, yeah. you know, when that was, but, uh, but, you know, uh, they gave his contract offer to Yonda and uh, that was, was pretty he made the right choice of those two. Yeah. You know, and, and there's still some people and Mike Preston is out there. I, I, I don't bash Mike Preston. I like him personally. He's a good guy, but he really had it wrong. On the on the relativization of the importance of Grubbs and Yada, he thought Grubbs was a much better lineman. I, I, I can tell you, just I've scored every snap of both of their careers, and right. I don't know how anyone could come to that conclusion. I really don't know how. So it's a it's, a, uh, uh, it's just an interesting thing. And obviously, Yada's headed for the Hall of Fame, and Grubbs is not. So the the the, the issue is is kind of off the table at this point. But uh, but anyway, that's one that I think is uh, is kind of interesting. 
All right. Well, I guess that does it. And, and uh, I'm glad we could at least work through this and, and talk about some of the solutions. And, and, you know, I think your point's well taken, Slava, that, that, you know, the Ravens are fortunate that they actually have an answer for each of these four, even if it's not really an optimal solution in every case. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, NFL uh, preaches next man up. And, uh, you know, luckily in this case, you you have legitimate players who could you know, very well be starters on, uh, you know, other, other teams. And, you know, we're, at, you know, we're unlucky with the number of injuries that happen, but I guess lucky that uh, they happen. I mean, luckily we didn't lose any more corners. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, so you gotta, you gotta get the silver linings where you can. And um, luckily we have a team that's deep in these particular positions. All right. Outstanding. Always fun to do this show with you, Slava. Tell folks where they can talk football with you online. I'm on Twitter at Slava Cooperstein. That's S-L-A-V-A-K-U-P-E-R-S-T-E-I-N. Other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up uh, with a DM on Twitter. I will always respond very quickly to you, and I'm eager to talk to new people. Uh, For my co-host, Slava Cooperstein, this is Ken McCusick saying goodbye, and we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.